That Made Me. Our guest today on The Year That Made Me is the founder and editor-in-chief of the Foundation for Investigative Journalism in a country that sorely needs that craft, Nigeria. According to his Twitter handle, Fizayo Shoyombo is a writer, investigative journalist, incurable Liverpool football club fan, a fanatic Nigerian, a seeker, digger and teller of hidden stories. Fizayo is already a three-time winner of the Wale Soyinka Award for Investigative Reporting. Uh, Wale Soyinka, of course, being the Nigerian writer who in 1986 became the first person from sub-Saharan Africa to be awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. While Fazayo's brave journalism has earned him many plaudits, he's also, as we'll hear, put him in many dangerous situations as well. Fazayo Siyombo, welcome to The Year That Made Me. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, a pleasure and an honour to be here. It's great to have you. Could you tell us a little bit about your early years and how you came to journalism as a vocation? First of all, um, I studied animal science in, in uni. Uh, I left uni expectedly to go to a farm and start tending to cattle, sheep and goats. You know, but way back in school, I had a flair for writing. I joined the campus press. I interned with uh, the Guardian newspaper in Nigeria. I wrote articles on campus and I saw write, I saw journalism as a tool for speaking for the voiceless, holding the power to account, standing against oppression right on campus. And I thought, oh, after uni, this is something I want to do full time. So becoming a journalist was a conscious decision for me. And um, every year I ask myself if I'm working in line with the targets that I set for myself. In recent years, you've been a freelancer and you've really uh, taken the freedoms of a freelancer to some dangerous places, including going undercover very often. Could you tell us some of the stories that you've reported and what sort of situations that uh, led you to? Okay, so I went to the outskirts of Plato State where ethnocentric killings, inter-ethnic killings were going on. I, I was there for 10 days. I was going from village to village, you know, villages, communities that you couldn't access using a vehicle. I had to go on motorbikes. I remember I was on a bike for more than two hours trying to get to a village where people were killed. And that was in 2013. Then after I became editor of the cable in 2014, I started to use my annual leave to, 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 for investigative reports. Because my <laughs> that doesn't sound like much of a holiday. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've never in practice had a holiday. I've mm. never had, you know. I often joke that someday, if I do get married, if... My first holiday is going to be my honeymoon. I've never had a holiday. <laughs> my holidays were for investigative work because I was employed to be editor, not to write, you know. But again, I joined journalism because I wanted to work for certain ideals and I knew that editing wouldn't make me do those things. As an editor of The Cable in 2015, I was the first Nigerian print or online journalist to set foot on, foot on Chibok. You know, Chibok is that community where uh, close to 300 girls were abducted by Boko Haram in 2014. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people in Australia knew about Chibok because it was an abduction that that took the world by storm. So yes. I was there in 2014, 2015. I was in Liberia to cover 
in West African countries, recovery from Ebola and the mismanagement of Ebola funds. Bono is the epicenter of Nigeria's crisis with insurgency, Boko Haram. It arrived in 2016 to report on the abandonment of Nigerian soldiers who got injured while fighting Boko Haram, but were neglected by the government and the army. They weren't taken care of, you know, but they sustained life-threatening injuries while fighting Boko Haram. 2017, I went to the Northeast again to see what was happening at IDP um, camps. You know, and I discovered that food were getting missing. Camp officials were the ones supervising the fraud, and a human, the human face that ought to come with humanitarian work had been stained by greed. You mm. know, I exposed that. The biggest of all, okay, before I get to that, twenty late twenty nineteen, I and I believe Fizayo, it's it, it's twenty nineteen, which is the year that you've chosen as the year that made you. Is that correct? I, I spent 10 days undercover like a psychiatric patient at one of Nigeria's foremost psychiatric hospitals, the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital. It's colloquially known in Nigeria as Yaba Left. You know, I was there like a psychiatric patient for 10 days. And I wrote about uh, the mismanagement of resources and the bad treatment of patients. But the biggest of all was that months earlier, I was in, I spent two weeks as if I had committed a crime, but I did not. I spent five days at a police cell undercover and eight days as an inmate of a prison. I pretended like I had committed a crime. The mm. police arrested me. Because I didn't bribe them, they kept me in the cell in detention for five days. And then on the fifth day, they arraigned me in court. The court remanded me in prison and I lived as a prisoner for eight days. And I wrote about all the corruption going on in the Nigerian justice system, from the point of arrest by the police to when you are taken before a magistrate to when you are remanded in prison. In the Nigerian prison, if you have money, you can erase your record. Is that bad? The yes. poor do not get justice. It's a, an astounding track record, uh, Fazio, and really, in particular, the bravery of putting yourself at the mercy of the authorities, both in the police cell and in uh, the prison, is really astounding. Could, could you give us a sense of just how much danger you were in when you were in detention? First of all, the mental torture was crazy. You know, Nigerian police cells are not like what you experience in other countries. I'm sure. It's like you're you are a suspect, but it's like you're treated like you're guilty already. So a very small, a room that should ordinarily not serve more than one person gets occupied by 10, 15 people cramped up in that place. You can't go out. You can't bathe. You can't interact with people. It's mentally torturing. In prison, my cover was blown. For the first time since I've been doing investigative work, my cover was blown in prison. And they wanted to know who I was. I didn't tell them early enough that I was a journalist because I wanted more time to see what was going on. So I was beaten. I was I was beaten. I was dehumanized. But I felt it was too late to turn back. I felt the world needed to see the injustice happening inside the Nigerian prison. And so I endured the beating. The good thing for me was that there was a plan B. What would happen if my cover was blown? What steps would my backup team take? 
and they did it. So before the prison authorities could, they were arranging chairs for a meeting to decide what to do with me when our plan B was activated. And they got phone calls saying, there's a journalist with you. So yes, I was in a lot of danger, but what saved me was that there was a plan already on what to do if anything ever went wrong. What was the reaction of the authorities, uh, Fazio, to the story when it came out? They didn't like it. They wanted to arrest me. <laughs> I'm sure that's right. Um, at the headquarters of the Nigerian Prison Service, they held a meeting where it was decided that they should arrest me and um, tag me to court for espionage. The claim was that look, you you didn't commit a crime. You just cooked up something to force yourself into the prison. It's like mm. you are spying on the prison authorities. So said espionage. Uh, and then they said I communicated with inmates after I left the prison which under Nigerian laws is, is a crime. But unluckily for them, the information got out early enough, so I went into hiding. I went into hiding, and then there was a lot of opera on social media, Twitter in particular. If, so there was a lot of pressure on the government by Nigerians who are active on Twitter. And the prison service was forced to release a statement to say, we are not planning to arrest him. As a matter of fact, we want to work with him to establish the truth about the story. But guess what? Nobody from the prison service has called me till today. Fazaha Siyombo, it has been fantastic speaking with you and we wish you all the very best in your ongoing mission with the Foundation for Investigative Journalism. And I can certainly say that the hashtag keep Fazaha safe is one that we're more than happy to subscribe, subscribe to from this distance. Thank you so much for joining us on the year that made Thank me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And of course, we always finish by asking our guests to nominate a song uh, that perhaps somehow relates to the year that made you. So, Fazio, how will we finish today? Girls Like You by Maroon 5. That's my best song of 2018. While I started planning for the prison story, I listened to that song a lot. And it will be nice to, to hear it again. Well, let's let's hear it now. And I must say, I don't think I'll ever listen to Girls Like You by Maroon 5 in the same way, knowing that this is the soundtrack to planning such a daring investigative journalist uh, adventure. Thank you so much, Fazio. And here it is, Maroon 5. It's been 24 hours, I need more hours with you. You spent the weekend getting even, oh. We spent the late nights making things right between us. But now it's all good, babe. Roll that backward, babe. Let me close. Cause girls like you roll around with guys like me to sundown when I come through. I need a girl like you, yeah, yeah. Girls like you love fun and yeah, me do what I want when I come through. I need a girl like you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a girl like you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a girl like There we go. There's a bit of Girls Like You by Maroon 5. An unexpected 
anthem for courageous journalism, as we heard from the very impressive founder of Nigeria's Foundation for Investigative Journalism, Fazio Siyombo. And the hashtag, Keep Fazio Safe, went viral after Fazio got out from his undercover stint in a Nigerian prison in 2019. If you search the hashtag, Keep Fazio Safe, that's F-I-S-A-Y-O, you'll find Fazio on Twitter, even though, as we heard recently, the whole of Twitter continues to be banned in Nigeria.